From Orms, this is Orms Air, where we unpack and investigate the compelling questions at the forefront of our creative community's consciousness. Joined by the artists, photographers, and creators, brave enough to step up to the mic and join us in discussion. Orms Air, I'm Jess Semple, producer and your friendly spaceship commander of this intrepid voyage into the uncharted deep space of our creative universe. If you're new here, welcome! And if this is not your first trip with us, we're delighted to have you join us once again. Orms Air is a vehicle for the Orms brand to connect our community in a meaningful way with the creatives we mutually admire. In the safe, laid-back environment of our little studio in Cape Town, we invite our guests to engage in candid, thought-provoking conversation with intriguing questions about the challenges and victories of the creative process and their personal participation in their chosen art form. Since Orms Air's inception in 2019, we have welcomed renowned photojournalists, wildly popular content creators, award-winning filmmakers, and genre-defining visual artists to the table and given them the opportunity to share their creative truth with our community. We would like to invite you to join the conversation by subscribing to Orms Air on whatever platform you use to consume podcasts. We hope that your creativity will be held, nurtured and nourished by participating in our discussions. Stepping up to the mic for our very first episode of Season 3 is Kalipan Kloko, blogger, content creator, and flat lay photography extraordinaire that she is. We have been obsessed with Kalipa and her incredible work for the longest time, and it was truly delightful to have her in studio to discuss her creative process and how creators can discover their true, authentic voice. Without further ado, let's dive in to our discussion. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Orms Air, the Orms podcast. We are here for the first episode of season three. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. And I'm also incredibly excited about our guest. We have been the biggest fan of her for the longest time. Everybody, please welcome Kalipa. Yay! Uh, Kalipa is a content creator creating the most amazing content over on Instagram. You're on YouTube. You have a blog. What are you? You even on Twitter? Like. I know. I know. I am. I'm on these social media streets. Eh? You're, you're just like everywhere. I was about to be like, where is she not? No, she's everywhere. TikTok, basically, TikTok. Oh, I, not yet. I'm not on TikTok yet. <laughs> I'm, I think I might be. I don't want to say I'm too old. I, I, I am not young enough mm. for TikTok. It's still one of those platforms where I just go, man, there are some really creative people yeah. who have that entertainment factor to them. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> I feel like this is a question I ask people who who like consume TikTok, right? Mm. I'm like, what 
TikTok subculture are you on? Mm -hmm. Because this is the thing that people don't understand about TikTok. When I tell people that I'm 26 and I use TikTok. Wait, what? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know, baby face right over here. When I say I'm 26 and I use TikTok like every day, basically consuming media, they're like, but TikTok is like for 16 year old dancing kids, right? And I'm like, no, it depends on like the sub like culture Mm -hmm. that you're in. Mm -hmm. So like, what's your, what's your TikTok subculture? What would mine be? If I'm going to be honest, I'd probably be, you know, that one who wants to consume like educational, teach me something, please. <laughs> Girl, same though. Like, I'm seeing, what's this trend now? People are loving this feta pasta, grilled tomato. Like, people are loving that. And I go, yeah, that, that's my that's my piece of content I'd like. Teach me how to cook. <laughs> please teach me to cook. <laughs> so that's me. That's me. Yeah, I'm like just straight out there like, at the moment, my big one is like cottage core, dark uh, academia TikTok, where it's just like aesthetic. And I'm like, why am I watching this? I'm on like my seventh one and it's the same song over, and kind of the over. same images, but I'm still just like, oh, give, give me, me more. more. <laughs> <laughs> Diving in with our questions. Go for it. Making it more official. Um, and I'm going to get this out the way at the beginning because I feel like we're going to reference this like throughout this conversation the whole time basically um we did an interview with you on our blog back in october and uh we're gonna touch on some of those points again that we mentioned there because i feel like you just had so many great insights and Mm -hmm. i'd love to share that with our little orms air audience as well um and now one of the things that you mentioned in particular was that you are pretty much if not entirely correct me if i'm wrong self-taught yes amazing and one of the big names that you kind of threw out in the uh the interview was that uh of course you know you learned a lot of what you you know from uh people like peter mckinnon Mm -hmm. what were some of the main takeaways you had after you know watching a whole lot of his videos learning from him yeah so interesting man i think for one peter the whole what's up everybody <laughs> iconic what's up everybody no. peter mckinnon yeah. here <laughs> two minute choose it it never is two minutes love yeah. it but like one of the first things he taught me like indirectly taught me was personality mm. and how that really is what draws people to you as a creative is yes you have knowledge and yes you have experience but you can be like the smartest person in the room but you also got to be relatable so that people can consume mm. your knowledge um, so that was one takeaway was, okay, I love what he's teaching me. And this is something I love to see myself doing in the future, but like, I don't want to do it robot style. Mm. I want to be a human. I want people to be able to relate to me. So yeah. yeah, just watching him be himself, you know, always do the what's up and always have the coffee and just like, it's him. Like, yeah. That's Peter. So that was one takeaway. Mm. Another takeaway was how much fun he made photography look. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, like the first video I ever watched from him, it was at 90 seconds, like what camera hacks in 60 seconds, 90 yeah. seconds. Sat and I watched that and I thought, oh my goodness, photography looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like you snap the photo and you're done. Like you can get creative with this. Like mm. lens flares and matchsticks and knives. And there's so many things that you can do. Yeah. Um, he just made it look so much fun. And I thought, oh my gosh. Let's have fun. Yeah. Like, let's have fun with this photography. 
So that was Peter for me. Shout out to you, Peter. I know you're probably never going to hear this, but <laughs> surprise, he's listening right now. That might be just blow my mind. Boom. <laughs> um, following on from that, mm. um, other photographic creators yeah. who were part of your early journey. Who else? Give so, us some names. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, from Peter, it was a whole dope squad. So mm. it was Chris Howe. I managed to make my way through him, Maddie Hopuya. Oh, yes. And Belanda definitely made my way through the dope squad mm. um, but when I brought it back to more like local content creators two really like photographers that stood out for me was everyday people stories mm. so Cedric mm. my goodness oh my goodness he doesn't like have a YouTube video and he's not doing like a lot of video content where he teaches but mm. he's a joy to just watch yeah in the sense of like watch his photos that he will share today and the next week and the week after. And you can just see the consistency. Yeah. That's a takeaway I took from him was he is so consistent mm. in how he shoots, styling, editing. My goodness. I, I'm like in awe. I've never yeah. met him, but my goodness. I'm in awe. Like he's so, so consistent. And Rami G as well. He's a local like Cape Town photographer. Mm. Him too. Super consistent in the way that he does his portraits. Um, and so that's what I took away from those two photographers was be consistent. Yeah. Um, find, you know, your little like niche in terms of like how you like to shoot and create your content or create your photos and then stick to it. Don't mm. be afraid to, of course, experiment and explore. Um, but once you find that like your knack, go for it and keep going for it and remain consistent in it. And my goodness, like the sky is the limit for you. No, but it's so true. And this guy's is kind of like branding 101 basically, mm. but like having finding like your unique thing mm -hmm. and then branding it in, in exactly the, what you're talking about. And it even came through in what you were saying about Peter McKinnon, basically. Like his brand is yeah. the what's up, everybody, yeah. the copy, you know, the crazy jump cuts, yes. all of that. Like styling and packaging yourself in a way like that. That is like, that's almost how you find your community in a way yes. by creating that content that is the same sort of vibe, like over and over again. And yeah. like, you know, uh, using your voice in the same way. That's kind of how you repeatedly attract mm -hmm. like the type of people that you want to be mm -hmm. engaging in your stuff. Anyway, going back to the sort of like beginnings of your journey. Mm -hmm. um, so those who've actually followed you kind of from the beginning will know that uh, you kind of started your journey of like sharing your life online mm -hmm. um, with your blog, yeah. which I love. It's honestly, no, seriously. Stop. Like I don't often look at blogs anymore but your blog is beautiful thank it's you like so aesthetically pleasing the minimalist vibes just like uh, and the font choice and yes. the everything stop. <laughs> i mean like, don't stop like, just like <laughs> just absorb it you're a sponge right now absorb oh, thank you <laughs> um but yeah so so this is like such a deep dive based mm -hmm. again like of of our uh, previous conversation on OMS connect mm -hmm. but um, you mentioned in our interview that you, uh, you know, you've got a lot of practice writing because you wrote a lot of essays, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, presumably from your varsity studies, I imagine. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just curious, like, what did you study? So uh -huh. technically, and I say technically because it's like, it's what's written on my degree. Yeah. So I did a Bachelor of Arts majoring mm. in sociology, my undergrad. Yeah. So that is like the official, what the government says. Yeah. I say I was a double major because I did sociology and psychology. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I did first year, second year, third year psychology. 
So that actually, like, technically in my books, I'm a double major, <laughs> but okay. I majored in, in sociology, but I have a BA. So that's my undergrad. And then I have an honors in industrial sociology. Oh, wow. I'm always just so interested uh, when we, we get people in who are content creators, mm. etc. And they say that they studied. I'm always like, what did you study? Like, is it in relation to like what you do now? And yeah. often nothing no. to do with each other <laughs> seriously we had um epitome of adventure uh chelsea Barts mm. on in uh season one and she i think uh, she she eventually dropped out and like decided to pursue photography but i think she was studying something like chemical engineering or oh something at one point so i'm always like just curious to see like is there an overlap is there not like yeah. what's the vibe you know um but yeah i can imagine uh stacks of essays stacks of essays good times like my my <laughs> hands and all the cramps that i have are, yeah Good times. Yeah. Good times. It can do some serious damage uh, to the finger <laughs> muscles. Finger muscles. <laughs> Says somebody who's now like scrolling and always like typing. <laughs> using the, using it for those TikTok, yes. TikTok binges. <laughs> um, I have a big blog related question. Mm, and this it. is a very, just a, a massive one. And I have no idea if there's even a clear cut answer to this, but mm. it's something that being a person in content mm -hmm. and whatever, I think about this a lot, right? So if we think back to like, you know, us in, you know, the, uh, those, those of us who were kind of born nineties, sort of even yeah. like your early two thousands, yeah. right? We really grew up consuming blogs as mm. like a lot of our main online content at least i feel for myself and like for uh, my friends friend group etc like that's where initially like early early teens etc that's mm. what we were doing we would be reading blogs if we were like consuming online content yeah but these days i feel like i don't do that as much anymore i feel like that like my main sources <laughs> dear tiktok like we mentioned before <laughs> instagram youtube obviously yes. being a person in video youtube is still like yes. a, a huge uh player in the game for me but mm. you know that's where I'm consuming my content and um considering that this is like a general thing I've kind of noticed mm -hmm. and as someone who has a blog yeah you know I wanted to know like uh how do you feel blogs fit into a modern content creators portfolio of mm -hmm. online platforms let's start with that as a question but cool. I, I have others cool. so hit me where it fits so if there's one thing being a content creator and also, you know, having like some kind of presence on social media has taught me is as much as you, you know, kind of find your audience on these places, they aren't really necessarily owned by me. Mm. You know, what I mean is naturally like social media belongs to somebody else. Yeah. And at any point in time, someone can switch the lights off on them. That is so true. You know, the lights can go off. Zuckerberg could just say, thanks guys, it's been great, <laughs> bye. And there we go, like Facebook gone, WhatsApp gone, mm. Instagram gone. Then for you as a creator, if you've just based your entire you know, career, your online presence on these social media platforms, well then... What, what do you do? What do you do? What yeah. do you do? So I've always found it's very important for creators to have their body of work that exists outside of social media. Um, one, it just acts as like your online CV. Uh, nobody really has as much time anymore to mm. scroll all the way down your Instagram to see, oh, okay, in 2019, you worked with this person and this brand and this campaign. Mm. Like we, we're a generation that wants things like right now. Yeah. Your website, your online blog 
can be such a quick way for somebody to just scroll through and go, okay, I see the work she's done. Yeah. I want to know more. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like have a body of work that exists outside of social media so that you don't depend on social media too much because yeah. it just doesn't belong to you. That is so true. My blog and that, it's mine. Like no one can touch it. It's mine. I bought the domain. I've put the effort to make it look cool. Mm. It's mine. It's my work. No like, one can take that from me. That is so true. So basically like the only thing that's coming for your blog is like a zombie apocalypse. We have no internet. Exactly. There you go. Otherwise it is like, it is Zuckerberg proof. Yes. <laughs> Don't. Can't touch me. Stop. <laughs> that is not the answer I was expecting, but so insightful. I'm going to be thinking about this for like days to come now. Yeah. yeah. That's my advice, guys, because I see it so often. Great content creators out mm. there killing it on Twitter and you know, all of these amazing people who have great feeds on Instagram and it's great, but like the platform's not yours mm. if anything goes down. I mean, I think Twitter now has started suspending accounts for yeah. like promotional purposes or accounts that are promoting too much content. If that happens to you, like where do we find you still? Yeah. So always make sure you have like a place, a central hub, a body of work that exists outside of social media. Please, please, please. Such great advice. <laughs> no, it's like, thank you for sharing that. It, it answers one of my questions that I was, uh, what I was, yeah, I was going to ask like if they were still relevant and whether mm -hmm. you would recommend that all content creators have one. But absolutely. like, clearly that's... No, absolutely. And I mean, uh, here I am because I work in marketing. Let me throw numbers in. So Ooh. then it just brings more context, right? Mm. The internet is a huge place. It's not yeah. just social media. Social media just accounts for like a percentage of it. Yeah. And even though, you know, Facebook has like what, over two billion people on it, mind blowing, amazing. Mm. And Twitter has like what, over sixty million users. Amazing. Great. So it is like the internet as a whole. Yeah. Um I put like when I look at the analytics of my blog, I am generating like hundreds and thousands of audiences and people still wanting like information from me. That's incredible. Um, like there's reach that is still like extends beyond social media. Um, mm. Man, if I could tell you how many times I've landed, you know, a client or a quick little interview through my blog that I would not have gotten necessarily from social media. Mm. It's very relevant right now. Like really, really, truly relevant. The internet is really big. Don't just think it's social media. I mean, how many times do you even talk about Reddit? I've never come across anybody saying I'm a Reddit influencer. <laughs> like, think about like, that. No, I'm just like, my, my I'm like, wow. Because right. I was like, people use it on YouTube for like content, but right. they, they're not like out here being like, oh, I, I create content specifically for Reddit. Right. And yet we don't know, but like there are thousands, if not millions of users on Reddit. And there are yeah. people who are influential in that space. Mm. Again, it exists outside of social media. Yeah, It's good. It's good for you guys. Okay. That's my, that's my big sister, big content creator <laughs> advice to you. <laughs> yeah, guys, listen to your big sister, Kleber. <laughs> yeah. She knows what's up. Oh, hey, it looks like we've reached that point in the episode where we ask you to share Orm's Air with your friends. But seriously, if you are enjoying our discussions and being creatively enriched by the insights of our guests, it would be straight up fantastic if you would consider telling your community about our little podcast. If you would like to make your voice heard in future conversations, all you need to do is get in touch with us via one of our communication platforms. We accept DMs, inbox messages, tweets, emails, and even notes sent by Carrier Pigeon. So, don't be shy. Send your most burning creative requests, questions, and wanderings to any of our social channels, 
linked in the show notes of this episode. So those who follow your Instagram or just you online in general, because you're very outspoken <laughs> about this. Um, flat lay photography is kind of your speciality. Yes. Just kind of, just a little just bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a tad. Um, and I want to know, in your expert opinion, yes. what are the ingredients for composing the perfect flat lay? Flat lay. Okay. Yeah. So grab notes, everybody. Grab notes. Um, three fundamentals. In my experience, in my research, three basics that you just have to nail if you really want to give yourself a good boost and a good start. Number one, the background. Mm. Having also, you know, because I also dabble with like portrait photography and realizing like the location is also really important for where I place my subject and get really great images. The same applies for my flat lay. Like the background, the surface I use sets the stage. It sets the mood for what I'm about to capture. And... I've just realized that, man, like sometimes, of course, you want to use like interesting, cool, funky looking backgrounds. But if you are highlighting a product and it gets lost in that background. Mm. 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 It's like so pointless, basically. It's so pointless. So nail the background, like begin there, because it really does start with your background. Like what surface are you using and why are you going to use it and how is it going to help portray the story you want to share through the flat lay or highlight the product you're trying to photograph in in your flat lay so start with the background yeah for beginners like my go-to is just keep it casual keep it simple neutral like a good white background will always work mm. um white is just like such a good like basis because it gives you freedom to play around you know adding color and adding all these textures it's like a good starting point so start there now you have the background Let's talk about layouts. Mm, mm. Hit me with some knowledge. I need some help here. Hit you, hit you, hit with the knowledge. So again, like the three layouts that I've come across when I've just watched other people create flat lays, when I create flat lays, and when I watch other people's um, flat lays, watch, that's not the right. When I when, when I, you observe. <laughs> observe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's similar to watching. It sounds a little like, oh my gosh, Kalipa watches my flat lays. I observe. I observe. <laughs> um, but from my observations, the three layouts that I have found with flat lay photography is first off, you get structured. And that's you using like grid lines, mm. straight lines. Um, and everything is like meticulously placed nicely, like very to the T, to the degree, mm. if, if you will. Um, and you'll often find that like in a lot of like, you know, your camera gear, like what's in my camera bag? I love that you mentioned this. It's literally what's in my head right now. See, exactly. Like that structured line, everything is placed so nicely. Mm. Everything's like well proportioned. It's grid lines, structured layouts. It works so nicely when you want to show off products like that. Um, so that's, that's the one. Second off, we've got unstructured. And that's just using like curve lines, using a lot of like S curves is what mm. I say. Um, so things are just like, you know, it's not too meticulously placed. You, you kind of place it and you just work with the products yeah. and you do a lot of like moving, shifting around. Um, but it's always a good idea to like use S curves. Mm. Um, one tip or one piece of advice I'd give is maybe like even just draw it on a piece of paper, like draw the curves on the piece of paper and then use your props and your products to try and like, get those curves on the board or on the surface that you're using just to mm. visualize because it can be difficult to go unstructured and just put things everywhere and, and it looks like 
it's going nowhere. Yeah. Um, so just to draw, draw those curved lines if you can. It really does help with the visualization. And then you get what I coin, what I, I have dubbed this. So if yes. anybody else says this <laughs> phrase, it's not them, it's me. Yeah. I said this first. But it's in the moment, right? And mm. that is including a piece of yourself in the flat lay. So whether yeah. you are reaching for something or it's like your legs coming out of the bed or mm. but there's a piece of yourself mm. in in the flat lay. And what I love about in the moment is that it it does that. It invites the person who sees the photo into that moment. Yeah. It feels so much more personal. Mm. Um, you'll often see it a lot of, you know, in food flat lays when you know, the chef is busy, like cooking something and they're like, they're in it and you feel like you're in it as mm. well. Like you're, you're watching, you're observing, you're in that moment with them. It's got that aspirational quality. Yes. Almost. Yes. You know, it's not so like stoic where you're just seeing products mm. all like lined up. It's because there's like a human element to the flat lay. You feel like you're part of it. Yeah. So those are the three layouts, structured, unstructured in the moment. And then finally... It is, ha ha, ha ha, the devil's in the details. Mm, <laughs> as always. As always. And man, like details aren't always just like the props that you use and the, the textures that you'll use. Details is also like post-production and like how you edit. Yeah. So often I see somebody has done like a great job in creating this wonderful flat. Like even me, I look back at my past work. I'm like, this was such a great flatly i just missed it because i just didn't focus enough on maybe bringing out the saturation in a particular mm. um, picture or man i wish i added extra contrast or you know what i should have maybe cropped it a bit more so that you feel a little more like yeah there's a bit more focus in the photo um, it's been such a learning curve to try and and get that last part, which is details of a flat lay right yeah and i still like every now and then i still you know trip and fall but the go-to for me with details is it's one like in the props that you use that mm. should always be like the supporting act like it, it's just there to just help amplify yeah. the story of the flat lay when you add those details um, and whether you add those details through personalization like I love adding you know like the cute little instax photos of myself mm. I love you know my sunglasses I love handwritten notes just that extra little oomph and the extra like mile you go, yeah, it makes all the difference. Cause I'll tell you, like, and I, I I say this to so many people who ask me this question, like, what makes the perfect flat lay? A flat lay can look literally flat, right? Like, it yeah. really can look two D. Mm. And the one really big way that you can just amplify it and make it look three D is through the details. It's yeah. how you go that extra mile just to make it stand out a bit more. So those are the three things. Nail that background nail structures and the layout mm. and then nail the details yeah um, and once you have that then you can start building on things like adding height and dimension and textures and and where you place things and how you place things mm. um especially as somebody who i've dabbled with like product focused flat yeah. lays versus just casual lifestyle obviously if i'm focusing on one product you don't want to have that off to the side like, mm -mm. no it's it's that that doesn't make sense. Um, and one thing that's actually helped me figuring out where to place things is the photography rule of thirds. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a go-to. It's a go-to and I never realized how helpful 
it was because I, I know it for portraits. I know it for landscapes. I know it for everything else. And then when I tried to apply it to flat lays, I was just like, wait a minute. It applies here too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of applies everywhere. It's it just, it's like. applies. Yeah. Because if you do segment your, your flat leg in three sections and maybe put something in the middle for more focus mm. or maybe off to the side where the two lines intersect and mm. of course it will draw the eye there. It, it's such a helpful rule and I never yeah. realized it also applies to flat leg up until I started to implement that. And that's just another way of detailing, like going that extra mile to help draw the eye to where I wanted to go in the flat photo. So, mm. yeah. And like my main takeaway, I think from that is like, be intentional about what you're doing. Yes. A flat lay is not just like throwing things down and just snapping a photo. Exactly. No. And that's what I'm trying to like show people. It's, it's what I'm trying to do with flat lay. That's my why. It's to show people it's really not just... One, two, three, items done, snap the photo, off I go. It's yeah. it's an actual art. Mm. And it deserves the same amount of respect as a portrait, as landscape, as wildlife. Like, yes, you know, those are elements you can't control versus objects where I can. But mm. there is just as much time I need to put into creating and crafting this flat lay yeah there are the objects I need to source. It is the background that I use. It is ways that I draw the, the person seeing this flat lay in, how do I do that? What's the story I'm trying to convey? Mm. And it's not easy to do that through objects, you know, mm. like a portrait. It's so easy for you to see the emotion of the person that you've captured. Mm. It's not easy to do that with just like objects. Um, but it is possible and I've yeah. cracked it or at least I think I've cracked you've it. You've cracked it. No, I'm <laughs> affirming this 100%. Um, obviously listening to you like describe this process, mm. I think it's probably given people at least I certainly hope so, a newfound appreciation for flat lay photography. But it also sounds like this takes a lot of time. Yes. How long does it actually take for you to get a photo <laughs> that you're happy with? <laughs> and I love how you say you're happy with because, oh my goodness, from conceptualization to like taking the first photo. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We're, we're dealing with like a good, on average, like 40, 50 minutes, mm. which might sound like a lot, but it's because... For one, I want to maximize the time that mm. I have when I'm doing a flat lay shoot. It's it's experimenting, exploring with my props and going, okay, I've done one set, but maybe I can just replace this and see how that adds to the story. Let me just maybe swap out my sunglasses for like a cup of coffee that I've just freshly brewed. Yeah. Um, so there's that, like there's a lot of like playing around that I personally love because mm. it's just like I go wild. <laughs> yeah. Like I go wild when I'm playing around, adding props, adding height and textures. Um but yeah, from concept to gathering props, finding like the right background, mm. playing around and then snapping my photos. It's, it's a good like 45 minutes. Editing, oh, that like I, I breeze through that because mm. I have like go-to editing techniques now for flat lays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's a good average. The quickest time I've taken, I'm here to flex. Let me drop it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm do so it. Proud, Cause I'm like, do I'm it. so proud that I can say like, I can actually take a flat lay in like a good concept shoot the thing edit a good like 25 no more than like half an hour that's a quick turnaround time it's, it's yeah the shortest i've ever done it was probably like a good what 17 minutes hectic yeah not that i sit and tie myself <laughs> no but like no i i get what you mean because as a as a creative person i get it like the fastest 
I think it's still my record, the fastest from dumping footage onto a computer to complete color graded edit that was then delivered and uploaded onto yes. YouTube was less than three hours. See? So see, I mean, I know, we know these things. <laughs> these are like little personal <laughs> metric goals that like for anybody else might be like, really? But for us, it's like, it's a, it's a win. Yeah, it is. And for it's people who are in the know, yeah. Yeah, they're like, wow, you did that? I yeah, did that. I did that. But yeah, like I'm proud that I'm able to. And that's the thing, you know, one thing mm. is, it's 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 my years, like five years of experience and research with Flatley that I can condense into that 45 minutes. Yeah. It's the time that I've taken to know when I use a white background, these are the objects I need. And I know I'm doing a beauty inspired, so these are the props I need. Mm. And this is how I'll add texture. And it because I have all of that experience, because I sit and actually like give myself the time to practice this. Yeah. And I have my go-tos five years to condense that in a good 45 minutes bars that is so true so true i'm relating so much to what you're saying right now yeah um on the topic of all the props and things that you you Mm. gather for your flat lays um where do you where do you like to shop for all of these items that you're featuring i mean are you like when you're putting together a flat lay are you like shopping specifically for things are these things that are just like lying around your house Mm -hmm. like what's the vibe what is the vibe so look it is a definite 70% 70% of the things are lying around my house. <laughs> we love. <laughs> They're just sitting there. Um, and there's a good, you know, like 30% where I do actively go out and try search for mm. some props. Um, naturally, like Mr. Price Home, whenever they have a young sale, Ooh. red tags, I look for those. Ooh. I look for those. Uh, Superblist every now and then will also have. Mm. Um, if I really want something aesthetically pleasing, um, I'll definitely go to like Superblist. Um, it's a lot of like the homeware stores just because yeah. I love, they have more variety for me, especially with like the texture department and adding textures. So like tea cloths and blankets mm. and oh, tablecloths and napkins. Like I, I, I love the homeware stores for that. Um, but yeah, most of the time it's just things I have lying around my house and they're lying around my house because uh, between you, me and, and the listeners, like <laughs> I have, I have like a little like mini love for collecting, mm. like little impromptu things. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> I'm like seeing myself in what you're saying right now. <laughs> it's just like, I, I, it just looks like an odd thing, but I, I just want it. I just want it. Then finally, because of course we, we are Orms. We can't like not talk about gear yes. at some point, yes. you know, and as, as a gearhead myself, I'm, I'm always curious. Um, if you had to put together the ideal kit mm-hmm. for flat lay photography, what's in your kit bag for that? Cool. So, oh, cause now I'm just also thinking like, you guys just gave me the 24 to 70 mil mm. and obviously I would definitely have that in my <laughs> kit. <laughs> <laughs> like that yeah I, that definitely and because i usually shoot my flat lays mm. at like a good 24 to like 35 yeah. i like i'm 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 between that range um so the 24 has just been so lovely um because it's exactly like it feels like the human eye almost yeah. it just feels very like human to me mm. um so that definitely like that lens go to absolutely love it yeah. uh, I'm throwing out my kit lens after after this weekend <laughs> <laughs> throwing it out it's gone yeah yeah um and it's been interesting with like dslr versus mirrorless and which one i would actually have in my kit 
because I have so much experience with the DSLR. Mm. Love it. And I'm so, I'm so used to it. But again, just like a mirrorless, it brings its own, how do I, it just brings its own like unique perspective and yeah. using it as well. I mean, for one, it has a flip out screen. I've Ugh. never had a camera with a flip out screen yeah. up until I got a mirrorless when I experimented with VRP and the Sony that I have now. Mm. So naturally I'm like, you know what? That would definitely be my kit mm. for sure. Um, but the body doesn't matter. The lens really is what I've just realized is like the lens matters. It's glass. The glass matters. So important. It matters. And so, yeah, for my kit, I would definitely say 20, 40, 70 mil. That, that, a zoom, a zoom lens like in general is the umbrella. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being specific, like the 20, 40, 70 for sure. Yeah. Gotta have that in your kit. I know you can't uh, always have like diffusers uh, and carry that around, but mm. I've just found it so beneficial because as a natural light photographer, especially for my flat lays, mm. the sun, <laughs> I can't control the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control it, but I can definitely try work with it. And it's been the biggest blessing to have a diffuser to help me mm. um, to even out shadows, uh, yeah, I've realized so much how contrast with flat lays, it's very touch and go. Yeah. And it really does depend on like your end, um, the end outcome, the end flat lay you're going mm. for, whether you do want something super contrasted with lots of shadows or if like me, you prefer something a little bit more softer. Um, so a diffuser has definitely just been really helpful in that regard is the amount of light I can try and control um, with my flat lay shoot. So, okay, we've got camera body mm-hmm. DSLR or mirrorless either one floats your boat yeah. the must have lens 20-40-70 gotta have that a diffuser you know yes yes it's if, helpful it's helpful it's helpful um, I have experimented and I explored <laughs> using flashes for flat lays nah mm. no mm. It's not necessary. You don't need it. Um, I've, it just, the payoff, again, the way colors and lights and, ah, uh, no. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you don't need it. You really don't need it. You're good to go with either natural light or artificial lighting. Um, so there, oh, I feel like I'm waffling. <laughs> not at all. Because <laughs> I'm just going around in circles. I'm like, camera body, check. Lens, check. Diffuser, you can check it if you want to, but it's not necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash, you don't really need it. So let's not check that. Um, I want to say, I wish we could also have like portable boards because the boards I use are are pretty large. Like they're a good, wow, like a meter and a bit. And you can't always carry boards around you. So if you do have the opportunity to get a a standard, you know, wide flat lay board, it is, it's so helpful, so Mm. beneficial. Um, not necessary, but it, it, it will definitely amplify and help you out. 100%. Um, the bulk of the gear really is just like the body and the lens and you're yeah. good to go, right? Because the star of the flat lay really is more you and how you interact with the objects. Mm. Um, it isn't like you working with a model and you need different lenses to capture different angles. Like yeah. You're only working with one angle mm. when it comes to a flat lay. Um, do you recommend like tripods at all or do you find that that's not so necessary? You know, tripods for stabilization 
one yes and for you to always get like the same shot so that you, it's easier for you to also move props mm. around mm. super helpful and definitely if you're doing like an in the moment flatly so oh. helpful oh. when you have a tripod because then you can really put like two hands instead of like the one while the other hand is holding the camera um but yeah like a tripod in my experience has been a lovely add-on yeah and i think that when i maybe upgrade my gear and do get bigger lenses and a heavier body and realizing that oh you know what my hand is just not uh it's not working the stabilization <laughs> of this thing anymore and i'll need a tripod and c clamps eventually yeah but like as a beginner as someone even intermediate or advanced like me do i say that am i <laughs> you you have 5 years of hard one experience own it so you're advanced it's like the craziest thing for me to actually say like i'm an advanced flat lay photographer wow um <laughs> but yeah like tripods definitely helpful they do add a great like help for you but again like it's not necessary it's not always like um, an end or be all must have mm. yeah yeah so you're like solid body great like a 24/17 nice yes. versatile uh like decent aperture sort of lens mm-hmm. background thumbs you're, up you're like good to go yeah yeah that's amazing um continuing kind of on the topic of your work uh and and things we happen to know about your work because mm. of our blog interview with you yes um we know that uh most if not all uh or or many if not most um of your photographs kind of featuring yourself are actually self portraits yes. taken with a timer yes. mad skills let me just say off the bat because uh, not easy to no. Do. <laughs> no. um how long uh, does it normally take you to get a shot that you're happy with, oh, like a self-portrait? I gosh. imagine it might be a little, little longer than a flat lay sometimes. Yeah, it's so much longer, Jess. So really? much longer. Um, and because I have the Canon 4000D, so two things that work against me is one, I don't have a flip-out screen, mm. <laughs> so I never really know if I'm in focus or not. And two because I don't know if I'm in focus or not, it's the biggest and the longest tango between mm. trying to get in focus and in frame and then time myself in such a way where I give myself enough time to get in frame and get in focus and then still get the pose. And yeah, my, how much time? Honestly, now we're talking hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Usually like makeup is fine. I have the outfit. I have the concept. I'm good to go. Mm. And then it's like the tango of, okay, put it on the tripod. But now I can't see myself. So then I need oh. to put an object that might stand where I need to stand and then get that in focus. And then run, 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 run. <laughs> Am I in focus? Quickly pose. Run, 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 run. Go and check. Wait, No. I don't like my face. And then oh. it's just back and forth and up and down. And yeah, we're talking, we're talking a good, like an hour and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh. For like a shot. <laughs> <gasps> oh, wow. And also because like, I love to, again, as much as I also like with flat lays experiment, I maximize on the time that I have. Mm. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do a self portrait, I'm going to milk this. Yeah. So, oh my gosh sunglasses should i have sunglasses in this yes it works actually wait no it doesn't work so take it off and then again readjusting am i in frame am i in focus maybe zoom in maybe change the lens maybe it's just wow but on the one hand all of those hours that it takes me to get like that one shot it teaches me 
a lot about like being confident and and mm. having like my go-to poses to make it a little bit easier for myself. Yeah. Um and two, it's just again <laughs> as as tedious as it does sound to go up and down back and forth. Um it just teaches me just like the relationship I have with cameras and the respect mm. I actually have. Um for myself is like the creator and trying to get that perfect shot yeah but realizing like it's an actual relationship with the camera too um it, it's it's one thing to be behind the camera it's another thing to be in front of it and then to be both in front and behind oh yeah self-portraits are have been a lovely experience despite them being so yeah consuming no, I can imagine. Um, it's interesting. So um, one of my best friends is uh, Paige Wood, who mm-hmm. uh, she does a lot of um, self-portrait photography. And uh, that's kind of like where she started out. Um, and she now is more like in the sort of like lifestyle, lingerie mm-hmm. sort of side of things. And she actually recommended to all photographers who are going into portrait anything, anything where they're taking photographs of other people that they mm-hmm. first learn self-portrait photography. Mm-hmm. Because it gives you a lot of like empathy empathy for the person in front of the camera camera. and I can like as a a videographer and a content Mm -hmm. creator for like almost I can say the same thing like I'm a better director of people in front of the camera because I filmed myself exactly it like it really helps uh interesting that you mentioned your go-to poses yeah because I need a girl needs some advice (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure many many other people do um so so as someone who takes a lot of photos of yourself Mm -hmm. um do what what insights do you have to share with those of us who are you know the super self-conscious mm-hmm. sort of kind uh and who just feel ridiculous in general posing for photographs i have my go-to is woo peace sign yeah. like it's 2007 <laughs> and i'm on myspace it's yeah. like yeah. <laughs> it's not MySpace. a vibe <laughs> <laughs> um oh man so first off like girl same mm. uh, you know like it, it's natural for the nerves to kick in when it's time to like take that self-portrait but like I said like having those go-to poses for me um all started by just like practice in the mirror like, <laughs> like, and, like literally like, it was it was it, it it feels bizarre to like look at myself and go okay girl pose number one and mm. you're looking in the mirror and suddenly you're like oh I look like that <laughs> oh <laughs> okay um but the more I like look at myself in the mirror and I get comfortable with myself and I start picking up on like my features that I actually like like about myself. Mm. So, you know, I have like this beauty spot on like the right side of my face. And that is like one thing I'll always like play up yeah. in, in my self-portraits is I know this is like a feature I love. Mm. And if I love it, well, let me show that off. Yeah. Um, and so I create like my go-to poses around the parts of myself, my body, my face that I love. Because mm. that's what I want to amplify. That's what I want to exude is you know the parts of me that i love mm. so that that's my one half of the advice is like practice in the mirror and practice you know like loving yourself and the features that you love and then yeah work with that like you have pretty eyes jess i can't oh imagine. my gosh stop oh, you <laughs> they're so pretty and i'm just like my gosh i can imagine a 50 mole mm. like on your eye like that really close oh gosh somebody needs to shoot you at 50 mil there we go (laughs) so used to we were having this conversation before where i'm like i only shoot myself at 24 (laughs) but kalipa has spoken fine (laughs) oh do 50 mil um but yeah get comfortable with yourself in the mirror and then the second thing i also learned with like self-portraits and this was one thing i learned when i was in bali 
Oh man, because of course, like I, I didn't have anybody else mm. to ask. Hey, can you take this photo of me? Um, and if I did, like they get intimidated by the camera that I'm carrying. Oh yeah, and they're like I don't know. Can you? Uh, mm. Mm. So there was a lot of like taking photos of myself in like public. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. And I definitely felt like a little like oh my gosh, this is a bit like ridiculous to be just tripod and self portraits right here right now, but. The one thing I always would tell myself is no one knows me. In in their eyes, I could be somebody famous for all they know. <laughs> you really could be though. I could be. Like they don't know this. Play on that. Mm. Like, just be this person that is like the bee's knees. They don't know, but you know that you are the bee's knees. Yeah. And give them a show. Like just whew, go for it. You might look weird in their eyes. You'll never know. Don't ask them if you do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't ask because I did. I was like, hi, are you, are you, and do I look okay? Are you, and they were like, yeah, you look weird. And obviously <gasps> that was, a <laughs> oh my gosh, how rude. I know. <laughs> I was like, that was definitely like, uh, like, oh, um, but it was fine. Cause I just, you know what? Like they don't know who I am. Yeah. Um, and in my eyes, I am the bee's knees. In their eyes, I could be the bee's knees. Let me just work with that and just give them this fabulous show of a lifetime mm. and my self portraits. And yeah, that, that's a good like confidence boost. Yeah. Blowing my mind right now. I'm thinking, do you, do you think it's like become more normal mm -hmm. for people to see like people taking pictures of themselves in public mm -hmm. like over say like the last five years obviously the rise of like influencer culture here yes. and i mean everybody's taking selfies yeah like do you think people are less surprised these days they're kind of just like because i feel like i'm less surprised yeah i see people i'm like oh i must be taking photo for instagram like just like absolutely absolutely i mean even like watching people who vlog in public it's mm. just like i'm not even surprised literally not even it's the norm now so Definitely, like, that's one thing as well. It's like, this has become normal. Like, this is, it's what we do. Mm. So that also just, like, gives me a little bit of, like, peace that, okay, yeah. you're not doing something that's alien. Mm. You're not doing something that's completely out of this world. Yeah. I'm kind of, like, moving on, but, like, sticking with this, like, content creation theme that we've got going here. So th those who are serial listeners of the Orms Air podcast will know that we're probably because uh, my predecessor Rachel and then obviously myself were both in this industry too. We are like very intrigued by the ins and outs of the the content creation mm. um, and things that go into our guest work um, and especially kind of demystifying that, mm. you know, the work that goes in behind the scenes yeah. when creators are creating. Um and I think in general, it's got to do with the fact that I just don't think creators get enough recognition for yes. how much hard work they do. Yeah. We said this before, like, it's not just snapping an Instagram photo and uploading it. No, It's not. We don't just like make a quick little pretty picture and, and just that's it. No. stick it up on the gram. It's, you know, um, so like on that, are there one, two, three, however many you think mm -hmm. uh, commonly believed misconceptions slash myths about content creators, influencers mm -hmm. um, that you would like to just like myth bust yeah. for us like right now. So boom, like one, it is, uh, it, it's an actual job, right? Yeah. This is not a play play Toodaloo, toodaloo. <laughs> Those are weird sound effects, but no, like, but like I know exactly what, what you're going what for. I mean, it's 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 
it really is not it, it's no game like mm. content creation these days is it's an actual job yeah and i need people to know that you know when i say it's a job it, it, there is time that goes into this there is resources and people mm. think oh it's just a gear is the resource money is the resource no it's it's also you know like having to sit down and conceptualize the content you want to yeah. create and get the messaging and the why and what you're trying to convey to your audiences you know it's not just that pretty picture it's i i want the audience to get a particular feeling emotion a message from this one mm. piece of content that you're going to get there's some real thought that goes into yeah. that um So yeah, I mean like, you know, as a job, it's time consuming, resources. It is you know, the process, my goodness. It is conceptualizing and then mm. having to produce the content and then there is the post production and then there's also like, you know, the copy mm. or the script. You know, if you have a video that you're going to do, maybe there's like words that need to be who has to think of that like the actual content creator. Yeah. Like man, I wish people knew how extensive the process of content creation can be yeah and that as much as you as an audience sees it double taps and moves on there was real work that went into that and i mm. wish people just respected the work and the art and the actual job it takes to create content so that's one that i would like to debunk what debunk yeah demystify. debunk demystify myth De- all of bastard it, like, just break it wide open just break it and two I want to also break this idea that it shouldn't be respected in you know, a content creation that it doesn't deserve because it's not like I you know like something I studied for mm. it's not something I went to university I have some kind of degree for it feels like it's something that someone can just pick up and learn like on yeah. the I get that but like let's also respect that one we are in the process of also like creating and crafting knowledge around content creation itself. Yes. Like we never had we weren't talking about content creation 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, no. You know, we weren't talking about influencers and videographers and 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 all of these new cool titles we have today. Mm. They didn't really exist 10 years ago, but here we are. Like it's it's all happening right now and we're in the middle of creating and forming knowledge around content creation and creativity as a whole um but let's respect that yeah right? like let's let's respect the fact that while we're in the middle of creating this like knowledge and and we're, we're out here like doing the most mm. let's respect the people who are doing what they can to push you know content creation and let's give kudos to the people who really are trying to educate others on on how to create content and the platforms you should mm. use Uh, to share content let's respect um the fact that even though yes it might seem like it's 90% of females who are like influencers because i think and this is me and my studies coming into play but naturally mm. it feels like because there's so many like female influencers content creators it gets less respect as opposed to you know like a more male dominated industry oh girl i'm just like man i just wish people also respected that even though there's a lot more like female content creators it still deserves airtime it still deserves respect mm. don't just think it's this blase thing just because kalipa content creator and she's a photographer and mm. she's also when you oh just another female out here no like forget that yeah. it's just me kalipa content creator 
mm. respect me for what I'm producing and what I'm creating. Mm. And the hard work that you're putting and in. The hard work that goes into it. I mean, let alone the fact that we're basically like day in, day out. We're like contributing to a brand new industry, basically. Yeah. This industry is like, as you said, less than 10 years old. We're exactly. like pioneering something here. Exactly. You know, no, I, I, I just want to like snap my fingers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, clap, 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 clap. Um, yeah, no, I, I feel exactly exactly the same and i think there is like slowly being progress made like mm. i feel like at least sometimes when i i talk to people my parents age maybe they like half understand what i do yeah they're like oh you make youtube videos okay i, I mean yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah but like there there is work to be done still mm. um but we'll get there. We will. We, we will get there. We will get there. Uh, by continuing to have conversations like this. Yes. Um, kind of going on with this uh, this theme of like what goes on behind the scenes for you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you mentioned in this in this very podcast you shoot on a, a canon 4000d as yeah. one of one of your cameras it's a really great like entry-level dslr from canon for those yeah. who don't know um and we at orms myself personally mm-hmm. and i'm sure you'll concur with this as well um is that a good photograph is the product of the photographer and their creativity yeah rather than having a fancy camera. camera yes i mean like i've seen some of the worst photos in my life shot on some of the Best. most expensive <laughs> yeah. cameras like it means basically nothing. nothing um but in line with this uh can you share any expert mm-hmm. insider tips tricks for getting the most out of a more entry-level slash affordable camera yeah yeah so ah the beauty of five years of experience with this 4000d <laughs> your constant companion my constant companion my goodness good times though but definitely for one like learn the basics mm. like it really really will help you as a photographer just to know what iso is what aperture is <laughs> like i know everybody will tell you this but like i mean it learn the basics because after that no matter what camera you get given afterwards whether you plan on upgrading post your affordable camera Mm. as long as you have nailed the the basics like you won't uh, feel so flustered and you won't uh, you know be back and forth and trying to learn a completely new camera just because you didn't take the time to learn the basics so learn those basics like it's so important and I know maybe nobody will tell you this, but let me tell you, it's okay to read the manual as well. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love reading a manual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay to read the manual. Um, I know, yes, YouTube now makes it so much easier and definitely mm. like watch YouTube videos of people who have done reviews and have done like a how to use your particular camera, but it's okay just to read the manual so that you can just understand for yourself. Yeah this new like entry-level camera that you've just gotten and what it's about to do for you and what limits you might have but still how you can work within those bounds so one learn the basics and then off the back of that like just read the manual if you can two oh my goodness shoot a lot of content Um, well not even just content just like shoot photos and shoot videos but really take the time to learn the camera for you Mm. so now that you've learned the basics Go out there and like just get hands on, mm. get hands on. Um, 
I always, you know, whenever I see like a new camera has just been launched, you know, like the R6 was launched from Canon mm. and then Sony launches like new cameras and I'm always like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to get it. Mm. But I mean, it's going to take a minute or two for me to get there. <laughs> While I'm waiting to get there, that shouldn't stop me from still wanting to just continue to shoot with the camera that I have. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And to really be wild. I remember... So the 4000D I bought, I actually bought it from Orms, like the first camera. Shut up. I did. I still have a little note that you guys like add in the little box. Like I still have that little thank you note. Oh my gosh. What? I bought it. When did I buy this camera? Yeah. I bought it like two, three years ago. Still have that note. I still have it. I still have it. Uh, We're we're privileged that you still have this note. I love that. I'm going to tell our online team who writes those notes that these things matter. They do. They They really do. It was, I'll never forget the experience. I just opened the box and I'm like, ah, and then I see the note and it's actually handwritten. Mm. And they're like, dear Kalipa, thanks for buying from Orms. We hope it gives you so many memories. And I'm like, well, Mm. years later. Here we go. It gave me the memories. Uh, But that's such a tangent that we took. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, shoot, shoot. So use your 4000D, my 4000D, your whatever entry camera you have. Like shoot a lot of content on it Mm. um, and get really comfortable. Um, It really is about so that you just don't get flustered by the time you do move on to whatever other camera you want to get. And even though like these entry level cameras do have like limitations in terms of, you know, you might not be able to shoot at particular, um, you know, apertures or shutter speeds. um, And you find yourself limited in terms of like lenses that you might be able to use. Um, There is beauty in in those limitations. Mm. Um, Mm. I mean, look at me. I still have a 4000D. I don't have the latest camera right now, but like, the amount of work that I've been able to do with yeah. my my entry level camera, the amount of recognition that this camera has like helped me get, uh, mm. the experiences, um, and the creativity that this little camera has given me, even though it's limited, you know, it's not the fanciest, it's mm. not the biggest, it's it really is like a really good affordable just starting off camera. But my goodness, like I just. I'm thinking about all the memories that it's given me and how it really has helped me to push beyond my creative limits Mm. to really like, yeah, just like go past what I thought I could do and, and get creative and uh, gosh, I don't want to tear up. No, it's like, no, but no, I'm like, I'm, I'm like having flashbacks of the cameras that I started Mm. shooting on. And Mm. they really, it's so true what you say, working with the gear that you have, Mm. like gear is, gear is great. And it's great to get excited about specs and big numbers and all of this stuff. And to think about like the things that you could achieve, but you can also, you can achieve so much Mm. with an entry level camera. I mean, I didn't start out shooting on a C200 guys. I'm going to just say that. I mean, like I'm here several years later, but Mm. like I was out there with my, oh gosh. I mean like 70D. Oh, like back in the day, I didn't let that stop me. Like, you know, it's ISO range, Mm. not amazing, not the best low light performance. Mm. You know, there's all all sorts of limitations to something like that. But, you know, you work with what you have Mm -hmm. and it makes you all the more appreciative of when you step it up. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that that's just testament to how like really gear does not define you. No. 
It really does. And it's true. Like, it's you as the photographer. It's your eye that just cannot mm. be replicated. Yeah. We'll continue unpacking this topic in a hot minute. But first, we need to give a big shout out to Orms, without whom this wonderful podcast would not be possible. Orms is a cornerstone of the creative community in South Africa, offering industry-leading support, the latest gear, world-class display options, and unique educational opportunities for photographers, artists, and visual creatives, both locally and internationally. As always, you can find out everything you need to know by visiting ormsdirect.co.za or any of the links under the What We Do header in the show notes for this episode. Now let's get back to the discussion. So leading off our discussion about gear, mm -hmm. um, we've noticed, of course, because we, we regularly stalk your Instagram, shamelessly just going <laughs> to straight up admit that, um, uh, you've recently begun shooting some portraits on a Sony A6600, little kick-ass camera that that is. Um, tell us, like, what, what are some of your favorite features on this camera? And maybe, like, why would you choose it over, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some other like similar sort of models, models from Sony, like what drew you to that camera particularly? Yeah, so given how the Sony just like fell in my lap graciously, mm, wonderfully, mm. Um, and it was a mirrorless camera, which is a completely different experience for me because I am primarily a DSLR yeah. camera photographer, woman, lady. Mm. Um, so it was so interesting just to, first of all, learn the system. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's different, right? Very, very different. Um and how, you know, the viewfinder, it that's a different... <laughs> oh, it's a different experience. It's different. Um, and it's still, like, it's still quite, like, a technical thing that I'm still, like, processing and mm. working my way with. But one thing that, that I know for sure is that Sony and the camera that I've been using really is just amazing with the video work that I've been doing. So... Yeah. For the first, well, not for the first time, but basically for the first time, I'm now like experimenting, exploring with like slow motion. Oh, oh, isn't that fun? <laughs> oh my goodness. Slow motion is so much fun. Um, and the camera just makes it so easy to, first of all, like shoot in slow motion. Mm. The fact that it gives it to me in like such high quality, like I can do 4K footage, like... Mm. I'm just like, what have I been doing? What is 1080p? <laughs> what even is she? What is she? I don't recognize it anymore because <laughs> I'm in the land of 4K right now. Yeah. Um, so definitely like video as a whole, just using the Sony has just been bliss. Mm. Um, physical feature, <laughs> flip out screen. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. It sounds so like really, Kalipa, but I'm just like, listen, I'm coming from a camera that never had a flip out screen. Yeah. So now that I have it, my goodness, I love it. And of course I choose it for myself portraits because it just makes it so much easier for me to be able to see myself, mm. get myself in frame and in focus. For um, like self portraits has just been a breeze. Yeah. So yes, it's been taking me hours with my DSLR, but like with the Sony, it's at, at least we've condensed that to like a good like 45 minutes now. We're, mm. we're dealing in that realm just by being able to see myself, being able to already like be in position, self-time myself and really just like experiment a little bit more and, and work on like my time management with my self-portraits. Mm. But yeah, Sony and videos, bars. 
Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, another feature that I actually also loved was uh, the in-camera mic. So mm. because I have, yes, a, a YouTube channel um, that I still, you know, I'm trying to... <laughs> we're coming guys we're coming with the content yeah but man like because my my 4000d again just did not have a mic jack for me to add a microphone um that in-camera mic on the sony Mm. my word it is good surprisingly good for an in-camera mic it is good and uh, tears of joy tears of joy (laughs) just tears of joy um yeah no sony definitely knocks it out of the park for videos um but for my photos even though yes i have been experimenting with self-portraits and a few flat lays every now and then canon will still always be my go-to for all of my photo content just because one even though it's a familiar like system I, i love it the interface and all the buttons and where everything is the lens variety also, mm. right? I mean, the fact that I have, you know, a Canon 35mm, the 20-40, 20-40-70mm mm. um, and the 85 that I got from Orms, plus all of the other lenses that mm. Canon makes, like for photos, my, wow. Yeah. Your, it, it just, it knocks it out of the park. It is my go-to camera brand, camera um, yeah, camera brand for all my photos. So that's where I pick between the two. It's, yeah. If I'm doing photos, especially if it's like brand work, client work, mm. even my own work, Canon 4000D, give it to me and all the lenses, give it mm. to me. Mm. But now I've, I've seen that, you know what, with, with videos, Sony for me is, is doing it. It's doing it. Yeah, 100%. Particularly in the format that you shoot with your vlogs and everything. I mean, mm. I can see why, like, no, you're not making too much of a big deal out of the flip out <laughs> screen. Like, how 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 does one vlog with no screen? With no screen. Oh, my goodness, I yeah, that is a question I ask myself now. It's like, how are you doing this, Kalipa? Because like, wow, I can't, I can't imagine. You mentioned in our blog interview with you that uh, in certain circumstances, such as when you're creating like Instagram reels, mm-hmm. something like that, you use a mobile video editing app mm-hmm. called vlog it Yo. i believe yes can you tell us a bit about that you know like is there is there a reason that you would prefer using this application over something like instagram's built-in mm-hmm. like video editor for reels yeah yeah so because one i'm already creating content like outside of applications mm. i am using you know your filmoras and premiere pros and so on and so forth so mm. i am familiar mm. with uh, editing softwares like that and vlog it is like a little sub um app or application of Filmora Wondershare. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's actually like Filmora Wondershare Vlog It. Um, but they also do have like Filmora Wondershare, the actual mobile application. Um, so because I'm so familiar with, with that interface and just like the app itself, yeah, it's just easier for me. I can imagine. Just to be like, okay, stick to the same system. And two, like camera quality and the video quality. I, I don't know if you picked this up, but mm. Instagram and when you upload videos <laughs> or when you use like the in-app video features, it just like compresses it. And because I'm somebody who is a little bit more pedantic about wanting to produce like high quality content, mm. I just shy away from creating like in-camera, not in-camera, I shy away from creating in-app Mm. videos just because i'm so wary of how the platform is going to just condense the quality yeah um 
So that is really like the main reason why I use Vlogit. For one, also Vlogit just doesn't have that like little watermark. Oh. Um, you mm. know, like, no shade to like InShot or anything. Mm. <laughs> but that watermark is, it just... Yeah. Like, messes with your branding. It I mean. messes with it, man. So yeah, Vlogit has just been really easy because it's just a simplified version of like filmora wonder share just really easy add my clips add my music cut mm. where i need to and then quickly export to either like you know facebook twitter or my instagram it's just super easy it's easier sure. for me mm. yeah mm. so obviously that's um like a like a mobile version almost mm. well like a, a condensed like mobile version of um filmora mm-hmm. um so when we when we spoke to you about uh you know you know, a couple of months ago, mm. um, you were using, as you mentioned now, Filmora and mm. Premiere Pro. Um, is is that still the case? Are you still on both of those? Are you are you off one, off the <laughs> other, moving to something different? <laughs> so I have most definitely dropped Filmora. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No, we are no longer using Filmora. Yeah. Um, it was a great like stepping stone for mm. and an introduction to video editing because it's such a simplified version of Premiere Pro. Like it really is easy for you to get started on Filmora and still create like really good quality videos. However, because I find myself in this space of I want to make like cinematic vlogs mm. and cinematic travel videos and videos where, you know, I, I really need to invite my audiences in the experience and that just requires more one effort in the editing i need Mm. more features i need the masking and the key framing Mm. i need you know the extra ability to edit audios and and filmora as great as it is like it just is not it doesn't do that for me anymore so it was a great intro to video editing but we've dropped it now and we are, we're definitely Premiere Pro. I mean, props to you. Premiere is not an easy application oh, no. to learn. It's oh. really not. <laughs> and you can watch as many Peter McKinnon <laughs> <laughs> videos and tutorials and two minute Tuesdays. My goodness. It just, no. Mm. It, it's, such a, it's such a great, yes, software. But yeah. Like it, it, it requires time and effort on your part to really dig deep into understanding what you can do, how you can do it and um, produce some really interesting, interesting videos. Yeah. Mm. On putting the time in uh, and, and learning and mm. premiere and all of these things. So what is the biggest thing you've learned about video editing since our first chats back in October? Yeah. So I remember like the first chat. So I, I, I told you guys, mm. I um like in the making of well i'm base i'm basically making a short like little film mm. <laughs> i said that mm. in that time since i am still <laughs> still and i'm still editing i'm still like filming and reason being is because now i truly truly understand the art and concept of storytelling doesn't it like video i'm just sorry this is something i'm so passionate about Mm -hmm. so like i'm just i'm just jumping straight in here but Mm -hmm. like video more than anything else yeah will teach you about storytelling yeah it just will yeah yeah i just realized that i have this idea for the short film i had the clips Mm. but then i start editing i'm like wait what is the story here though (laughs) 
what am I trying to convey? Mm. And even though I have like some idea, then it goes like, how, what music will help me like elevate what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I want my videos to be like a visual auditory. Like I, I want it to be an all encompassing experience. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to be just people observing no. my life or me or my videos from like the outside. I want them to be immersed. Mm. And that's the one thing I learned in these past like couple months since we last spoke is how do I really immerse people in this video? Yeah. You know, like how do I really from the beginning when that song comes on, when the script is being said by whoever needs to say it, from the speed ramping if I need like how yeah. is that all adding to the experience that the person on the other side of the screen is going to have mm. I did not fully understand that when I told you guys I'm doing a yeah. short film but yeah. now I, I just have such a profound respect for video editing it it's so much more than just putting clips together slapping a song over it and boom you've got a video thank you for saying that it's I, yeah, I respect <laughs> you guys i really really do i do i do i mean mad respect to you as well for like having a short film idea and actually executing mm -hmm. because as someone who like struggles with like analysis paralysis yeah. sort of like i'll like come up with an idea and then i'll be like but i'll never get it right yeah. and then i just won't do it but so the fact that you actually like went ahead mm -hmm. and like gave it your 100 percent best shot as as green as it is mm -hmm. or whatever or as new as you were to the process like mad props to you thanks. that is not an easy thing to do thanks yeah definitely like Oh, here I am. Like I've just been like casually vlogging and just creating like yeah. simple simple videos. But now it's like I really do want to create like moving storytelling visuals. And yeah, it's just like I need to sit down and like really mm. like girl, I know you wanna do this, but like have respect first and foremost for this art form. Mm. It need it like I have to give it respect. It's it's not one plus one equals two. It just <laughs> really, isn't. really not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. Um, but I, it's also just been such a joy to also just realize that too. And just go, yeah, there's a reason why all of these puzzle pieces fit in order to create this experience for mm. me and for the viewer. Um, so yeah, that short film is coming. <laughs> when? I don't know. <laughs> but it will come. Finally. Uh, this is a real deep cut. Uh, so if if you haven't read the blog, people, um, <laughs> you're not going to understand why I'm asking this. But I'm just going to dive straight in. Um, you mentioned in the in the interview with us mm -hmm. uh, that you have been in several high school plays and even directed a oh, high yes. school play. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. Um, firstly, I want to know what play you directed. Oh gosh. So um, <laughs> Good times, good times. Oh, I can see there's a little bit of a little pain there. Just like I can, I can see this. <laughs> good times, good times. Because for one, between you, me, and the listeners, one reason why I actually decided to direct this play was because my high school crush said he was going to help me. <laughs> Girl, the things we do. I mean, I, I don't even judge because. High school me, same though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once it was decided that I'm the director, man's just uh, up and up and gone. <laughs> was like, no, girl, you take it. I'll just uh, I'll support you every now and then. So mm. interesting, interesting experience. But what the play was, 
And I feel so old now trying to remember Matric because I directed the play in Matric, oh, which was Matric. like 2013. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. It's been a minute. It has. It's been Ooh. a minute. Um, but from what I remember, it was actually like a murder mystery vibe. Yeah. Set like in, was it like the 1920s? Mm. Very like vintagey old school costume design. I remember like oh. costume design was like a thing. Um, yeah. That's what I remember about the play that I had to direct. And I was actually also in the play as well. So I was like, oh my gosh, too. Wow. <laughs> so again, like that's where it's, I, it started there, being behind the camera and in front of the camera. Mm. It started there. Um, Just yeah. living your, your best Greta Gerwig life, basically. Yes. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. Um, my second question kind of coming off that is, uh, do you think that these experiences with obviously with directing uh, a play, obviously very different formats mm. to, to video, content creation, all of that. But do you think that, that experience of directing and then also, of course, acting in, mm. in plays yourself. Do you think that that helped with how you present on camera in your vlogs? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one act plays, it is you being on a stage mm. and you're performing in front of like a crowd. So yeah. it definitely helped me like get comfortable with eyes being on me. Mm. It definitely helped with being able to like portray and uh, be able to like speak not just loudly but to like really convey myself yeah um in a way that's like understandable and relatable for people to also just like okay cool i hear what she's saying mm. um so it gave me like good confidence for the in front of the camera because being in a crowd my goodness <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. nerve-wracking stuff but directing on the other hand and being on the other side i look back and i'm like yeah i definitely took for granted the amount of work it takes to direct something from start to finish because yeah. it's not just telling actors where to stand and speak louder and it is you know you're responsible for things like costume and mm -hmm. hair and makeup and props and where the actors need to sit and stand and time that and then there's also the audio so music there is sound effects then you have to work with the lighting team and i want a spotlight at this minute on this person at this time for there was mm. a lot and then there's the script as well oh goodness so i look back and i'm like it definitely opened up my eyes to the visual world yeah the creative world and how remember Kalipa it's not one plus one equals two yeah I I think about that experience I'm like remember when you directed it was not one plus one equals two it was one plus one plus one plus one plus two <laughs> plus five plus 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 and I see that now with the way I create content and wanting to you know like be the best flat life photographer in the country it's like mm. that goal is not a one plus one equals two it yeah. is a one plus one plus understanding that you know the props and the backgrounds and mm. gear and how i teach people about flat lays and wanting to share this message and 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 you know videos and creating vlogs it's not one plus one in my camera and me it is what music I use mm. and even sometimes like color grading it there is yeah. so much to it um that is what I took away from that experience of directing it's there is a lot to it mm. respect the arts yeah 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 100% yeah. I could not agree with you more
So throwing it back again mm. to the wonderful blog interview as I've been doing this entire podcast episode. Guys, this is a hint. If you haven't gone on the blog yet, please go on the blog and read our wonderful interview with Kalipa. Um, so, so back then we asked you about your inspiration behind starting your own blog. Mm. And uh, you said the thing that originally motivated you to start sharing your life was mm. um, you saw this need for, and I'm quoting you directly here, mm. um, a relatable black female in the creative space to look up to who was also based in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. First of all, I just want to say, like, if this goal is still holding true for you, um, you've, you've accomplished that. Like, no, like 150 million percent. So... Um, I mean, just a short scroll through your Instagram comments proves that. And like yeah. seeing the people who are engaging with you and just like being a part of your community. Um, and then secondly, I'm going to pick your your wonderful brain further because Ooh. this is what we've been doing this whole podcast. <laughs> so based off your personal experience and insider knowledge, mm -hmm. how does one go about creating a real, you know, authentic and mm -hmm. engaged community online? Yeah, yeah. So... First of all, it starts with you, mm -hmm. right? As like the individual and like engaging with yourself yeah. and, and engaging with your authentic self on a constant basis. Um, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm a girl who loves coffee. I'm going to make myself happy with my cup of coffee. Weird as that sounds, but that's just me. But it's just me too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the simplest thing, but it's just those little small ways where you are authentic with yourself first. It becomes so much easier for you to then be authentic with other people and share that with others. Mm. So first off, get, get authentic with yourself. Get comfortable with that. Two, also get comfortable with the fact that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Ooh. Ooh, that's a big one. It's a big one, right? I, like in the beginning of my content creation and creating my blog, I also, you know, didn't know this black female creative for me to look up to. So I thought, well, let me try become her. Mm. And in doing that, I thought I had to do that by tapping into all niches and, and have my hand in everything. Mm. But as time went on, I just realized... No, but this isn't me. Like yeah. I am not the biggest beauty influencer, content creator out there. And I do love to share insights on that, but like it's not like the driving thing of me. Yeah. My thing is I just love to teach people and mm. I love to do that with flat lay and just content creation in general. Like that is me. And I know that that's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. And I am okay with that. And that's another piece of advice that I'd share with others when you want to create an engaged audience is one once you realize that you're not everybody's cup of tea the ones who are your cup of tea <laughs> mm. they're going to be the ones who want to naturally engage with you because they relate yeah. to you they mm. resonate with whatever it is that you have inside of you um so that's that's my advice is when thinking about creating an online community that's engaged start off with yourself engage with yourself mm. And then to get comfortable with how you're not always going to be engaging with everybody. Not everyone's going to like you. And that's okay. The ones that do come to you and are attracted to your authentic vibe. Remember, it's two-way communication, right? Mm. Social media is a two-way street. Yeah. Don't just now post and go. Mm. <laughs> Keep the community going. Like, talk to them as well. As yeah. much as they talk to you, 
talk to them as well. You know, it's the thing of in your stories from the polls that you add to the questions you want them to ask you. Engage. That yeah. is what a community is about. It's it's engagement and mutual engagement. The more you do that, the more people just gravitate towards you. That's what I've seen is mm. once I stopped speaking and sharing on the content that really just was like I'm not vibing this it's not me yeah. and got comfortable with what I knew is me and then also just learned to engage with my audience like comment back um and be meaningful in your comments and your engagement yeah. remember like there is a human being on the other side of the screen um and it's really there is something beautiful about being able to connect with somebody um, wherever they may be in the world, but you're able to have that connection with them. Yeah. Um, keep that. Be consistent in that. Uh, yeah, that is my advice. I I say this thing all the time when I'm uh, giving advice to clients mm-hmm. on social media. Um, I'm always like, social media is not a monologue; it's a conversation, mm-hmm. and that it's it's so true what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and. Big advice there. We can't be all things to all people. Yeah. We've got to be ourselves and our vibes attract the people that should be around us, basically. Um, And then I want to like address something that I think a lot of people wonder about. And maybe you've got some insight on this. It seems that social media can largely, depending on like circles you move in, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it can be quite superficial and even kind of like just fake in its, Mm -hmm. in its nature. Mm -hmm. But yet there are creators like yourself, you know, um, being real, Mm -hmm. being vulnerable, being authentic on the internet. Um, Are there any unique challenges that you feel come um, from being yourself online? And do you have any advice for those who want to do that? They want to express themselves authentically, but maybe they're scared to. Yeah. You know, what do, What have you got to say? Yeah. So, again, like going back to being comfortable um, and having to accept that not everybody is going to vibe with you. And there are going to be those people who will come and say, ah, oh, but like we don't like mm. this version of you. And remember, we're dealing with humans. Yeah. Um, and, and humans, as amazing as we are, we can also be fickle every now and then. Mm. Um, so learn to not always take uh, social media 2000% seriously because the beauty of a screen is people can be really confident to just say whatever it is that they yeah. want to say. And sometimes I get it. Like I know it can also being real and authentic and putting yourself out there on this big digital world. Um, and I think the one thing after watching like the social dilemma and oh, oh. just yeah. taking a step back and really looking at the relationship I have with social media, for one, it, it definitely has given all of us a level of confidence to be able to vocalize and be more authentic yes and it can come across as superficial sometimes a lot of the times um the unique challenges i have faced naturally have always been that of like comparison Mm. um and defining authenticity for me yeah um you know authenticity can be like a buzzword and we can say it's just about being yourself but what does that even mean actually and that's the thing that was quite a unique challenge for me like starting out as a content creator was 
what is being authentic for me? Mm. And I thought, okay, maybe being authentic is get experience in everything so that you know a little bit of everything and then you can speak from mm. it. And realizing that, no, wait, that, that, that doesn't feel authentic for me. Um, and having to constantly go back and go like, what does this thing mean to be authentic, to be real, to be just me? The exercise that I did, like one day that I did, to try and define this for myself was like switch social media off for like the day. Yeah. And be you. Like, what would you do on this day? Like, if social media was not around, like, what would you do? Mm. For a good, like, two hours of that day, I remember I just sat. (laughs) Did nothing. I was like, this feels like something I would do. Mm. Just not do anything. And then I remember just like, you know what? I feel like picking up my camera and just creating something. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. But I, I, I feel creative right now picked up my camera and just started shooting self-portraits random like random like random faces I made ugly faces I made yeah cool faces but the more I did that the more I was like yeah this feels like me I like this I enjoy this this is me mm. and then I went and like made myself food like what do you feel like having and I thought let me just make some laborious meal <laughs> Like it was what was what did I have that day? Like chicken, chicken um, pasta. And I just made this random meal, and the process of that again, like creation. Yeah. Because even though I'm just like I'm just cooking, but it's creation. It's me being creative. Felt like me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when I went to bed, I was like, I might not have done a lot of things, but I know for a fact, being me is creating. It's learning. It is. Yeah, just creation. Like the one word that stood out at the end of that day was creation. Mm. Um, that was the that was the ah, moment. Was like that is me. Now, how do I share that with the rest of the world? Wow, how do I do that? And the how like that that comes that comes from watching other creators and how they've gone to be creative and how they share their authenticity. It's reading, you know, articles on how to be more authentic. But at the end of the day, once you've figured like what authenticity means for you, go with that. Yeah. Like let that, let that drive you. That That's the thing that like drives me right now. It's the creation. It's being able to take stuff and make magic yeah um yeah and because of that that's why my community is is so engaged and so intrigued and so interested and the way i obviously like share that creation i want to make it in such a way that it is like not only accessible for for people to to find but also relatable and easily like easy to consume Mm. i think the superficial parts sometimes can come in that's not easy to consume when you can see that uh, it's not it just sticks like in your throat like it like you just mm. feel like you can't relate to this thing because there's this layer of superficiality if that is a word i'm very sure it is (laughs) (laughs) if that is such a word so that's a very long-winded way to answer your question the unique challenge of defining what authenticity is for me Mm. And for you listening, um, like find that for yourself. And then once you have, 
go with it. The how will come. Mm. Like I don't always have it perfect every now and then. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, of course, I maybe I over-edited uh, a picture or mm. maybe this video I didn't like 100% bring my point across. Um, but at the end of the day, you'll always pick up on the fact that I was creating, mm. that I created that's where my authenticity lies and that's what people latch on to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just leave that there because I, I don't want to add anything <laughs> to something so inspiring. Yeah. Like, honestly. No, no, no. I'm I'm being 100% serious. I'm not yeah. being cutesy. Like, I feel genuinely inspired after Aww, hearing you say that. Okay. So thank you for sharing. I'm sure our listeners will deeply appreciate it. Um. We're coming to the end of our conversation. Can you believe it? (laughs) This was so good. This was amazing. I loved this. I I also did. Could not have been. And I I said this um, off off mic. I was going to say off camera. Because there there are no (laughs) cameras. cameras. So I'm I'm permanently off camera. Um, But uh, yeah, this has been a really, really great, great first episode. Really genuinely could not have asked for a better one. Um, um, I wanted to just like wrap it up by like asking... Girl to girl, woman to woman, yes. human to human. Uh, uh, we, as Orms and myself, would just like to say congrats <laughs> for moving into your new flat no. in December. Yes. <laughs> I was like, it's so, so, so recently. Oh, well, like three months ago, but yes. still <laughs> well done. Thank you. Wow. And I come a fully fledged adult now. Oh, wow. Yeah. It really does feel like that when you, and then you're like, ah, man, it's so hard. Yes. <laughs> wait a minute hold up let's <laughs> cut the cameras wait <laughs> yeah um how, how's it going with um settling in and all the decorating we've been seeing you doing on your instagram yeah settling in so it was always a goal i've yeah. always wanted to live on my own just because i am that independent woman Woo. love it but my goodness it's also me realizing living on your own <laughs> <laughs> wow it's a it's a job uh, yeah it is for one like there is actual remember to switch on the lights on because no one else is going to switch these on for you and windows remember like windows and okay right also like the like the usual cleaning and i it's even like simple things like plugs oh my <sighs> i was thinking about this the other day like at home plugs are just like readily available <laughs> Now I'm like, wait a minute, I don't even have a two-point plug and extension cords. Oh. And it's like the simplest things. Yeah. I, I had no idea living on your own would make you realize that actually this is, this is the real world. So yeah, yeah <laughs> setting in has, it's been fun. It's been fun to just see myself in a new space. Yeah. Um, I've never really been a DIY person. Mm. Um, I have done like art and I'm not really like handsy in terms of like making physical things and trying yeah. to make makeovers. But again, it's just realizing like I love to create and somehow DIYs is just a- another avenue of creation. Mm. And I've been loving that. That's amazing. Um, you know, painting windowsills. I never saw that. Oh, in wow. My trajectory, but here I am. I'm, I'm painting windowsills. I want to do art for my bedroom. Ah, oh, yeah. Look at you go. Yeah, it's just, uh, you, you realize yourself completely, uh, you, you realize yourself 
in a different way. Yeah. You know, when you change the environment and you realize you are 100% responsible for yourself now. <laughs> I can't call my mom to be like, mommy, I'm hungry. Can you uh, mm. hook me up? No, <laughs> that's not happening. When the lights are off, right, I need to do something about that. So it's it's definitely like a learning curve, but I love it. Yeah. I love who I'm becoming as this person who is responsible for herself completely for the first time. Mm. Yeah. And and we're loving seeing it yeah. on your Instagram. Yeah, I'm thinking there's a photo of you. There is a photo of you with a picture frame, right? Or yes. hanging. Yes, this is the one I have in my head right now. Even that, <laughs> my goodness, like hanging things on a wall. It's a, it's a whole a whole thing. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. There we go. I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up there but uh guys as always check out the show notes we will have uh all of Kalipa's links there Instagram Twitter blog YouTube are you on Facebook you are on Facebook I am on Facebook but uh you know oh, oh maybe not the Facebook <laughs> maybe not the Facebook TikTok I'm still not there I'm still not there but when she is you guys will be the first to know absolutely absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Kalipa thank you so much for joining us Thank you. This was amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed this rambling waffling of mine <laughs> for one. Uh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. I hope so. I hope so. This was great. This was great. We it was it. great. 